book of 2 Kings chapter 18. 2 Kings chapter 18. <laughs> Thank God. We had, we had a singles meeting here last night. What a great time we had. And uh, able to share the word if you are a single adult and you want to join us at our next singles gathering, make sure that you uh, put that down if you're a visitor. Put it down on your visitor's card and let us know. Or if uh, we're not aware of the fact that you're single, let somebody know. But uh, essentially, that was our first uh, singles meeting. And I was, I was uh, honored and uh, thrilled to be able to share. And boy, I'm telling you, we got some stuff. We got some, We got somewhere. How many of you were here? Yeah, it was, we got somewhere. And it was, now is, you know, you got to, you got to, you got to come and be, you got to be ready. Because, <laughs> because I'm talking, in that singles meeting, I was talking about things that most people don't want to talk about. And, uh, but I ought to write a book. But if I do, there's a strong possibility that we might get canceled. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not very politically correct when it comes to things. I, I kind of believe what the Bible says. And, uh, <laughs> and that's my beautiful son, for those of you that don't know. <laughs> anyway, so uh, 2 Kings 19, I want to I kind of piggyback what, what, um, what Banagiri was talking to us about when he came here last week. Pastor Ben came from... Queen City, Texas. We will have him back probably in about six, six or eight weeks, uh, something, you know, something like that. But I really feel like that in this moment, in this season of time, that there are, that uh, Pastor Ben um, is vital in what God's trying to, his input is vital in what, in the direction we're trying to go. Let me give you some information because some of you are like, what does what is having Pastor Ben at your church have to do with being vital to where God's taking you? Well, I've, I've, I've traveled from the time I was 16. I've been traveling all over the nation, ministering, preaching the gospel. I've met so many people, so many pastors, so many ministers over the years. I'm 55. I'll turn 55 years old. We, Annie and I are going to be the speed limit this year. <laughs> and uh, so 55 years old will be. Of course, we don't look a day over 30. Anyhow, it's not what the skincare lady told me at the mall. But anyway... I was accosted at the mall, you know, we were trying to kill time, so I let her go through her whole deal. She tried to make some puffiness go away out of my face. I'm like, lady, that's fat. It ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I, know, I know you think, I think it's eye bags. That's a, that's a Twinkie there. <laughs> but anyway, she, she thought it was uh, kind of funny, but, um, but anyhow, you know, uh, so from the time I was 16 until now, been traveling, met all kinds of people. But when I met Pastor Ben Aguirre, Pastor Ben and his church were in one of the greatest revivals. And if you don't know what revival is, you know, some people are like, well, what's revival? Well, it's not a series of meetings. Revival is not just a series of meetings. Sometimes we'll call a series of meetings revival meetings because, you know, it's a special time where we get together and everybody gets excited. But revival, true revival is this. Some people think, some people say this. Uh, they said this about what was going on in Kentucky. They said that can't be revival because there aren't people getting saved in that. So some people think that uh, revival is a soul winning campaign. 
Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Revival has very, can, can in the moment have very little to do with soul winning. Now, it will result in the, the lost being saved, but in the moment of revival, in the time that revival is happening, um, it, could be, it could have very little to do with people getting born again, people making decisions for Christ. Because revival is not for, uh, in the beginning, revival is not for the lost. Revival means to bring something that was alive that has either gotten super sick and lethargic and sleepy and taking something that was once alive that has now died and bringing it back to life. And so revival is, in the beginning, is not for the lost. It's for the church. Now, revival should result in the gospel being preached and, and things of that nature. But when revival is happening, in, in the midst of revival, it's not the lost that are getting saved. It's the church that's coming back to life. It's those that have been born again. Listen, some of you that are here, you've been in church and maybe you've been in church a, a portion of your life or maybe you've been in church all of your life. And at some point in your walk with God, that, that, that initial fire that you had when you go, and I'm telling you, every one of us were born in the fire of the Holy Ghost. Every one of you, if you, if you ever accepted Jesus Christ, really accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, then you started in this Christian walk as a miracle. Do you know that Christianity is the only religion that the people that are a part of it, they start off with a miracle. Buddhists don't get them. You know what? Buddhists just hope to live a better life. Muslims, Muslims are just hoping that they can do enough good deeds to make it to heaven. Christianity, when you give your heart to Jesus, when you truly give your heart to the Lord, you're born into a miracle because what happens, the Bible says, is you pass from death to life, from darkness to light. Uh, you become a new creature, a new creation. And those of us that have been through uh, the experience know that we're no longer slaves to sin. We're no, we're no longer the people that we were. Uh, there was a transformation, an immediate transformation. We were born in a miracle. Thank God. Thank God. But some of us, we were born in that place. We, we were born again. A miracle happened in us. And then we walked, either walked away from God or we got connected with maybe a church that was a little bit laid back. And we got connected with people that maybe they weren't as passionate about their Christianity or passionate about their walk with God as other people were. And we've grown cold. And maybe we've gotten, you know, we've gotten to that place where we're in a coma, a spiritual coma. Well, revival... Uh, Revival is here and revival is now. Amen. God is reviving his people. And uh, so when I met Pastor Ben, they were in a revival in Antlers, Oklahoma. And this revival that was happening in Antlers was, uh, it was not just a series of meetings. They had been already meeting for several months. But when I showed up, we got there and the fire of God had hit that community. And that little church that maybe, maybe if they crammed a bunch of people in there could hold maybe 110 people. Listen, it was like a Japanese subway in that place. You couldn't squeeze another person in there. <clears throat> there was people at the door greasing people up just to get them in there, you know? 
People were packed in there like sardines, hungry for the move of the Spirit, hungry for God to do something. Listen, I'm going to tell you, tough, Pastor Tammy, Pastor Ben's husband, or wife, <laughs> Pastor Ben's wife, <laughs> don't tell her I said that, uh, Pastor Ben's wife, her father was, her father, God touched him in that revival. He had been a Christian, he had gotten gone off and gotten really cold and away from God, but the Spirit of God came on him and revived him. He was the owner of a pawn shop in there in Antlers. This guy, he's a man's man. This dude is a tough guy. He'd crush your hand when he shake your hand, you know? I mean, this guy was a tough guy. Man, the Spirit of God jumped on him in that revival, and he came back to life. I mean, it was, it was amazing. One day, we went to the pawn shop while I was there, and we were having revival. There were, there, in, in the community of Antlers, revival was... was happening in such a, a powerful way that people were, we would witness people praying with each other on the streets of Antlers, Oklahoma, ministering to one another, people kneeling on the streets of Antlers and giving their hearts to the Lord as a result of people that had been touched in that revival meeting with the fire of God's spirit. I mean, it was, it was really revival. And okay. what was impressive to me was that Ben is a true ministry gift pastor. I mean, he's a pastor. And I've never seen a pastor that was, that was so capable of leading a group of people in a movement of the Spirit in that measure. He didn't, he didn't, try, to, he didn't try to calm everybody down. He didn't try to uh, help people to figure it out. He just followed the leading of the Spirit, and under his leadership, revival exploded in a greater measure. I've never met an individual who God used to pastor revival like Pastor Ben, which is why I believe we need to have his influence in this church because he's unique amongst uh, most of the people that I've met. Most pastors, something like that happened in their church. And we, you know, if we had revival breakout when we were there, before we leave, they have a fear in their eyes like, what do I do now? You've got them all worked up. Now what do I do? It's like, dude, figure it out. Most of them can't figure it out. Most of them don't know how to walk the, in that place. But Ben, listen, he, he, he had it figured out. But today, I want to talk to you about what he left off with with us. And he talked about uh, the after. The after. <laughs> what about after God moves? What, what, what comes next? What are the next steps? And so let's, uh, let's read here. It says... Uh, 2 Kings chapter 18. Now it came to pass in the third year of Hoshea, the son of uh, Allah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abby, uh, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father David had done. And so uh, this, this uh, second king starts out giving us context. Here, uh, King Hezekiah was a young king, and uh, he was very highly favored in the eyes of God. In fact, the blessing of the Lord was on King Hezekiah uh, in, a, in a great measure. Number one, he was super young, but he had a heart for God. And because he had a heart for God, you know, um, how many of you know that it's important for us to be sold out to God? Oh, yeah. How many of you know that if you're sold out to God, you probably find yourself in a more favorable place with him? Right. And how many of you know if, if you're favored of God, you'll be favored of men? Right. 
God will see to it. Amen. Amen. God will see to it. <clears throat> so it's important for us. Now, you know what? I, in reading the Bible, there are things that I've come across that uh, they cut me and cut me deep. There's some things in the book that when, they, when I read it, it doesn't, make, <clears throat> it doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> you know, there's a part of the Bible that says this, men ought to always pray. You know what? I don't always pray. You know why I don't always pray? Because it's hard to pray. My grandmother, she lived for Jesus. I think Jesus signed her yearbook. That's how long she knew the Lord. I mean, she's an old lady. But anyway, my grandma, well, she'd been praying, and she prayed every day. My grandmother never neglected prayer. She prayed every day, and she didn't even pray for just an hour. She prayed until she was finished. And sometimes that meant she was done in an hour. Sometimes it meant she was done in three hours. And sometimes it meant that she went to bed to be continued, and she started the next day praying. And she, that's how she, she did. Her and my grandfather, Puerto Rican people, just prayed and prayed and prayed. And I asked her one day, I said, Grandma, when does it start being easy to pray? I mean, she's old. I figured she'd have a good... She's like, never. I said, well, it seems easy for you. She says, never easy to pray. It's never easy. You know, so when the Bible says men ought to always pray, you know, that's, that's difficult. <laughs> We had, a, we had someone in the singles group last night that, that uh, I began to talk about what the Bible has to say about homosexuality. Now, here's the thing. You know, most of the time people are like, well, you know what? Quit hating on homosexuality. Ain't nobody hating on anybody. Not only was I talking about how God feels about homosexuality, I was talking about how God feels about heterosexuality and, uh, and sex outside of marriage. God, God don't like that. You know what? If, if you're struggling in that area, you don't feel good about that. Amen. Nobody feels good about fornicating. <laughs> if someone who's married commits adultery, we're not... It's, it, <laughs> when you start reading the Bible and the Bible speaks against adultery, you're not like, whew, Amen. Oh, man, you're, you're, you're avoiding those passages. You're going to the passages that say, he'll never leave me or forsake me. His love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit with him. Cast me not away from your presence, O oh God. Take not your Holy Spirit from Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. You know, but... There, there are some things in the Word of God that cut cross-grain with where we're at in life. But you know what? That's not God rejecting us. That's just God making sure that we understand, that we understand where the, where the, where the boundaries, where, where He wants us, where He desires us, where He paid for us to live. In the freedom, hallelujah, in the, in the, in the freedom from sin, in the victory of overcoming. And, and so when I, I start, when I started about, you know, that, that um, I have a friend that I grew up with. He's, he wasn't just a homosexual. He was like a flaming homosexual. So, I mean, he was very uh, flamboyant. And I said, he, I, I, I said that he was effeminate. And I think that was what riled her up. She's like, homosexuals are not effeminate. I was like, well, what are they then? 
I mean, if, if, if having feminine tendencies is not being effeminate, then what, what is it? You know, I'm just like, <sighs> there's some women that are masculine. But, but here's the thing. Just because you, you're a woman and you're masculine doesn't mean that you're a boy trapped in a woman's body. I was a, listen, I was a man trapped in a woman's body. But then I was born. <laughs> and once I was born, I was delivered. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's what they call it, delivery. I was, I was delivered. <laughs> anyway, so there was, but there was a little bit of a, you know, there was a little bit this, of this idea that we, you know, somehow or another, because I was talking about what the Bible says about not just, again, not just about homosexuality, but about living a pure heterosexual life. You know, it's God, God doesn't just pick on certain groups. He says these things and he doesn't say these things to condemn us. He says these things so we know the difference between what is right and what is wrong. Oh, yeah. This person, they said, well, what, what do you tell somebody that has a same-sex attraction? Are they supposed to go through their whole life with this same-sex attraction? I was like, no, they can, they can seek the face of God. There can be change. She's like, well, that's the way they were born. I was like, well, you know what? I was, I was, I was born with, a, with, a, with an uh, inclination to be a drug addict. My, my, my uncles were drug addicts. My, uh, my family were, had addicted, addictive personalities. Um, if you know anything about that, if, it, you know, if your family is that way, you have a tendency to lean in that direction. You know, that's, that's the way I wanted my dad when I, was, when I was growing up. My dad played music in bars, you know. As a kid, I remember sitting at the bar and drinking screwdrivers. I thought it was orange juice. Had a little bit of extra something-something in there, you know what I'm saying? I mean, as a kid, I'd walk out of the bars drunk. You know, my dad's playing, uh, you know, these quinceañeras and these weddings and and they have this conjunto. I mean, they're, and they were good. And I just loved listening to music. But as a, as a kid growing up in that environment, the, I started down that road of addiction. And so by the time I was 13 years old, I was a drug addict and an alcoholic. Going the way of my uncles. and my. Now, here's, here's the thing. You could say, well, you were born that way. You know, you study serial killers. Serial killers are born that way. When they're young, they, they, they kill birds and dissect animals. And they, you know, there are these things that they go through. Here's the thing. Where do you stop? There are people that all their lives, they've had a sexual attraction toward children. Is that, so is that okay? No, it's not okay. We, we, we learned a long time ago, you just don't do what you feel like doing. And this idea that we as believers should step back and not be bold to declare what God's word tells us. Now, here's the thing. We can't make anybody do anything. You can do whatever you want to do. If you want to go to hell, go to hell. It's your choice. I know that sounded kind of bad, but I'm not, it's not, you know what I'm saying? If, if, that, if, that, if, you're, if you're bent on, 
missing heaven. There's not a whole lot we can do to stop you, except for try to tell you what the truth of God's word is. And sometimes God's word cuts me super deep. But it's God's word. Amen. And when we, when we do what Hezekiah did, when we do what's right in the sight of God, it is difficult. You know what you're doing? You're, you're betraying your very nature to do what God wants you to do because our nature is a carnal, evil nature. And God's nature goes against our nature. You know, some of us feel like, well, man, I can't even be myself. Do you really want to be yourself? Because I found myself to be selfish, mean. I, I run toward evil. I run toward wicked if I give myself over to myself. Amen. So I try to run to God. And he tries to help me. Amen. Thank God many times he succeeded. And listen, I'm standing before you today. I'm a, I've, I've been helped. Thank God. Now I'm still looking for some help, you know, in this region. <laughs> but I believe God. Amen. Thank God. So, he, so Hezekiah, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father David had done. So here's, here's what I want to say to you first, and this is, I'm just throwing this in for free because I think you, this whole first part. <clears throat> we, we need to strive to do what's right in the sight of the Lord. Are we always going to get it right? No. When we don't get it right, does God reject us? No. Does God hate us? No. Some people are like, quit being judgmental. Ain't nobody being judgmental. We're just telling you what the Bible says. When we say what the Bible says, it's not just, it'd be like me telling, Ms. Rhonda, that's a beautiful red shirt. And her going, don't judge me. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just giving an observation. I mean, I think your shirt is, you know, beautiful. It's red. How can you judge my shirt being red? Nobody judges me, but nobody can judge me but God. <laughs> no, it's, we're just stating facts. There's a difference between judgment and stating facts. Judgment would be for me to assume that anyone who's failing today to, 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 uh, to hit the mark when it comes to living for God, here's, here's judgment. Judgment would be me uh, uh, thinking that there's no redemption for you. Right. Me believing that you're going to miss heaven because of your actions today. That would be judgment. Assuming that you're going to reap some sort of judgment from God because of your lifestyle. Why am I on this? This is so far away from what I was going to talk about. You know what? As God's people, that's not, that's not our role. Our role is definitely to uphold the truth and to tell people what God's word says, but to make assumptions about what God's going to do about where someone's at in life. We don't, we don't know. We don't really know where those individuals are at. You know, I see, I see, I saw, and y'all heard me say this, I saw a post on Facebook one time, it said, you can be gay, and you can be a Christian, or you can be homosexual, you can be a Christian, but you can't be a homosexual Christian. That, that was the deal. And you know what? I saw it reposted, I saw it shared, and I looked at it, and I thought, let's just take another sin and put it in there and see how it fits. Right. You can be fat... 
Or you can be a Christian, but you can't be a fat Christian. Heck, we just disqualified 98% of people behind the pulpit. Boy, it's awfully quiet in this room. Because some of you are like, Brother Ziggy, are you saying that homosexuals can be Christians? <laughs> Absolutely. You, you are a pervert. You're a Christian. You're a fornicator. You're a Christian. You're, some of you are still fornicating in your... Amen. You know what? We got people. We got people that are believers that struggle with uh, alcoholism and an addiction to alcohol, chemical dependency. There are people that stand before you and lead worship that uh, that are you know some of them are, are are getting beaten by their husbands and others are beating up their husbands. These are, these are things that exist. Now, now, now here's the thing. Uh, we, we can't change the word of God. We can't change the word of God to condone our behavior. But I'm going to tell you something. You can come to church. You can pray and give your heart to Jesus. And you can struggle uh, with homosexuality, with fornication, with adultery, with some kind of lust. You can struggle with some sort of addiction. Uh, listen, you might, you might still... I, I was telling the singles last night, I had a bad temper. I wasn't a violent person. I wasn't violent toward anyone. But I had a bad temper. And um, uh, they, they were talking about qualifying people for... Uh, uh, that, uh, qualifying people that to date... And, and, it's, and some were like, man, if they, have a, if they got problems, if they're smoking, if they're angry, if they have the, man, that disqualifies them straightway. I was like, well, that would have disqualified me from marrying Annie because I had a bad temper. And you know what? Had she said, that don't tick off one of my, that don't tick off one of my boxes. Man, is, is, are those cows that I hear mooing right now? <laughs> Heck, some of us, <laughs> some of us, if Jesus stepped down, we wouldn't marry him. For there'd be something wrong with him, you know. There's only one qualification that we ought to have for someone who's a candidate for marriage, and that is that they're a born again believer. Jesus can change anything. And, you know, we, we got married at 19. I probably didn't get over being, having a bad temper until I was around. To, I don't remember when it happened, but between the age of 23 and 26, I just didn't get angry anymore. And I felt like the Lord helped me out of that. I had to pray my way through that. It was difficult for me to do. Uh, it, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't something, you know, Annie, um, still yet, she don't like riding in the car with me because I'm a fast driver. But back then, she really didn't want to ride in the car with me because she never knew when someone was going to cut me off and I was going to get angry. And here I am, a preacher. And I would chase those people down and I would road rage. I'd stop in front of them, get out of my car, beat on their window. And I wouldn't cuss because I'm a Christian, but I'd scream <laughs> at them. <laughs> 
<laughs> isn't, it isn't it funny what we do to kind of, you know, uh, to, to make what we're going through and the things that we're dealing with uh, more acceptable than what we see in the lives of other people? <laughs> I'm letting y'all marinate on this because, because here's, the here's, here's the deal. We used to sing it in Sunday school. We sang it every week. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red, yellow, black, and blue, even little Okies too. Jesus loves the little children of the world. <laughs> Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me. You know what? He, lo he loves us. He don't like all the time what we're doing, but he loves us. And you know what? Here's, here's your responsibility as a believer. You've got to do your gut level best to love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. You got, you got to make like old uh, Hezekiah here and and do all that you can do to do what's right in the sight of God. And you know what? When you come to church and the message rubs you the wrong way, the message ought to rub you the You know, T Tyler back there, he's a detailer. Uh, he's my nephew. I, I detail airplanes. Do you know to get the most shine out of a paint job or out of some, you know, uh, aluminum? I'm getting ready to have to, to polish some aluminum here in the days that are coming. Do you know what you have to do to, to get a good shine and polish on a painted surface or on an aluminum surface to get it? You got to rub it the wrong way. You got to rub it in a direction that it hadn't been rubbed. When you rub it in a direction it hadn't been rubbed, it takes all the rough stuff off. All the places where dirt get in and, and then the, it takes away the shine. Do you know shiny surfaces are just as scratched up as surfaces that don't shine? It's just that the scratches are in the right way. They're more, those scratches that you see that bring out shine, those are more appealing to your eye. The other ones hold dirt and hold junk and hold crud, and you got to work to get all that crud out of those cracks, and that's what you do. In fact, uh, uh, when, we, when, we, when, we, when we polish that aluminum around those, uh, those engine parts, <clears throat> what will happen is it'll, uh, we'll, I'll take and I'll buff that area, and then when I look at my buffing pad, there will literally be metal left on the pad because it takes some of the metal off the... See, some of you, you've seen it as negative when you come to church and you get rubbed the wrong way. What you don't understand is that some of that, some of that that, you, that not only has not been pleasing to God, but it hadn't been pleasing to you either. You hadn't been happy about your life. You hadn't been happy about your failures. You haven't been happy about your shortcomings. You haven't been happy about uh, the issues that you faced in life. But you know, you know what's going to happen when you come and you get rubbed the wrong way? A little bit of that that has kept that roughness on you, that has kept you from being everything that God wants you to be, a little bit of that is going to get taken off. You know what else happens to a surface when you buff it? It gets hot. See, some of you have left this church and you were hot. We may have had one already leave this morning hot, but anyway. Okay, good. <laughs> well, wonderful. Well, that lady last night, I think she left hot. I'm not sure. She might have been a little upset. But I mean, you know, when you get rubbed the wrong way, it gets... 
Am I the only one? I'm your pastor, and I've been in services where I got rubbed the wrong way, but I knew what they were saying was right. You know what? I could have been like this. Well, I don't agree with how they said it. Guess what? When you train and you... <laughs> I, had a, I had a lady one time. I was preaching in, uh, in Ohio. Shree and I were there at a church in my hometown. And while I was, I was preaching, I made mention of... There's, <laughs> there's this lady online that... Uh, she, she, she's... Uh, anyway, uh, she's an older lady. And she says a lot of things that aren't really in the Bible and there were some people in, in that church and in many churches that listened to this lady, and she's kind of leading them in a direction that I think is, it goes against Scripture, which I don't really care for. So anyway, I was making mention just in my preaching. I said, I said, you know, if there's a lady with pink hair telling you that cows ride tractors in heaven, don't listen to that lady. These are some of the things she says, you know, that's just kind of, it's, it's oddball, it's weird. Well, there happened to be a lady in the church that night that had pink hair. There was another lady that was sitting there. I found out later this lady was a nurse. She was visiting the service. And the nurse in the service thought I was talking about this woman with pink hair that was in the service and that I was condemning her for her pink hair, that I was being judgmental about this woman. So after service, this lady who's a nurse, and I'm looking at Bonnie because I know Bonnie's a nurse, this lady who was a nurse uh, came up to me and she said, she said, you know what? She said, you did such a good job until you started passing judgment on these people that are in here. She said, you really have a gift. She said, but you know what? The minute you pass judgment on that lady back there with pink hair, she said, it was, it's over for me. She said, you know, you could really be more effective. Maybe you ought to, you know, and she began to give me advice on how I said, I said, well, let me, I said, let me ask you a question. I said, what do you, what do you do for a living? She says, I'm a nurse. I said, I said, can I ask you a question? She said, sure. I said, uh, how long have you been doing this? 26 years, I think she had as a nurse, 26 years. I said, so I said, how many years did you go to school? She told me how many years she went to school. I said, what did it cost you? I mean, I mean, ballpark. She told me what it cost her ballpark. I said, man, that's, that's a lot of money. I said, so, I said, have you, let me ask you a question. I said, have you ever, have you ever had someone come in, they're sick, they need help, and <laughs> you go to talking to them and telling them, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. They, you, you get all the information. You take all of your years of experience, all of your years of, of uh, schooling and you start telling this person and Bonnie this probably happened to you you start telling this person here's, here's what's going on this is probably what you need to do you need to do that and they turn and they look at you and they say well I read on Google oh my god you ever have them do that to you well I was talking to my mother And how long's your mother been in medicine? Oh, she she she's not a doctor or nothing, but she was telling me. You ever have anybody look at you in the face, Bonnie, and say, "I don't agree"? Yeah, and they have no medical experience whatsoever. And so I told this lady, I said, "I said, did that ever happen to you?" She said, "Yeah." I said, "How does that make you feel?" She says, "I want to reach out and strangle them." I said, "I said, why?" She said, 
because they try to tell me how to do my job. I said, lady, I've been doing this since I was 16 years old. I've been doing this. I said, I've devoted my whole life from the time I was 16 to, I'm, you know, 50 some years old now. I said, I've done that. I said, believe me. I said, what you're seeing, you think you see it clearly. I said, but I've done this for years and I know what I'm doing. I said, so just like you don't like me told, being told how to do your job. You know what? Some of us don't realize that these folks that are, some of these folks that are ministering to us, that are preaching to us, we've, we face these things in our lives. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm tired of people ending up on the junk heap because they feel like their lives didn't measure up. Or because they thought that when they came to church and they heard me say something that the Bible said against a certain lifestyle or a certain behavior, that somehow or another I was being hateful or judgmental. No, I'm just telling you what the Word of God says. And I'm in the, you know what? In some ways, and, and don't get me wrong here, don't take this out of context. You might be careful about posting this part of the message because somebody might take it in. But I kind of understand, you know, the conundrum that people that struggle with homosexuality are in. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't want to give up donuts. There's something very appealing to me about a round pastry with a hole in the middle. <laughs> I mean, even my children, when they were small, I would take them and I would hold them and I'd rub, Mikey, I remember Mikey, I'd rub her little arms and I'd say, oh, you're so, you're so soft. And she'd just smile. And I'm like, ooh, and you're, you're warm. You're so warm, mama. And she'd she just smile at me. And I'd, I'd give her a kiss. I'd say, mm, and you're sweet. I said, I think you're a donut. <laughs> she would just, you know, she would just laugh and laugh. You know, Dad, I'm not a I tried it with Gabe. Gabe just looked at me, you know, rolled his eyes at me. <laughs> Gabe been rolling his eyes since he was, he came out of his mama rolling his eyes. <laughs> Listen, I want to I want to encourage you today. Now, this isn't this wasn't the message that I intended to preach today at all. <laughs> you know, cuz after the Holy Ghost falls, after we have revival and a moving of the spirit, guess what? Those struggles that we've had in our flesh and in ourselves, they're still going to be there for us to have to deal with. You know, if, if someone irritated you when they cut you off driving down the street, it's still going to irritate. You might, you know, you might have a different music playing on your radio because you changed your music, you know. Uh, you start listening to something better. You quit listening to gangster rap, you know, during revival. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some people are that way. Uh, T Ted freaked out. One day we were at a <laughs> one day we were at a pastor's house, and she had some Vienna sausages that she put out, and she called them beer sausage. She said, "You can have these beer sausages." Ted goes, "Beer sausage," because Ted calls them Vienna sausages. <laughs> I like them Vienna sausages. <laughs> In fact, one day I was, uh, Ted had gone flying with me uh, on a trip and I found a can of Vienna sausages in the back of the airplane. Oh, gross. 
I was like, what are these doing back here? You know, I, I, I set them on the shelf and Ted saw them. He said, I wonder where them went. I said, what, what are you talking about? He said, that was my snack for the plane. <laughs> anyway, so the pastor's wife said, here's some beer sausages. Ted said, beer sausages? She goes, yeah, but I don't have any beer. I don't drink beer during revival. Ted, just, Ted was like, he, he looked at me. He's like, did I just hear her right? <laughs> of course, she was joking, but <laughs> Ted, didn't, Ted didn't take it that way. Ted thought, you know, she was a sipping saint. But anyhow, <laughs> she loved Jesus, but she drinks a little. Amen. <laughs> am, I, am I condoning wrongdoing? Absolutely not. But you know what? I understand where you're at. I'm in the same boat with you. But you know what? My heart is for God and for him, and for him to make me into uh, the, better, uh, the better version of me that he created in me when I was born again. Oh, yeah. That transformed person is in me and will make its way out. You know, they say uh, for every fat, you know, every fat person, there's a skinny person inside of them just dying to get out. That's not happening with me much, but anyhow. That, that skinny person in me is awfully quiet. I think I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't hear that skinny person at all. I'll, all I hear is the fat person saying, hurry up, there's tacos out back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's all I've been hearing all morning. It's raining tacos from out of the sky. I was hoping Gabe would play it, you know. Tacos, no need to ask why. Open your mouth and close your eyes. It's raining tacos. It's raining tacos out in the street. This is the part. That used to be Gabe's favorite. Anyhow, <clears throat> I want to encourage you to live live for God. Come to the house of you. You know what? The only, the only place that you're ever going to find change, you're ever going to find peace, you're ever going to find contentment. See, some of you, 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 you dread coming, but every time you come, you're glad you did. But you, you know what you hate about it? You hate, you hate that on the next, next Saturday night and you're at the baile. <sighs> you don't really want to be doing that. And the next day, you don't feel like going to church because you know what? I don't feel like Pastor Ziggy talking about, you know, making me feel bad. I'm not making you feel bad. You always feel good when you come, when you hear, when you listen, and, and you're like, man, I needed that. Some of y'all, some of y'all every, every time you come, you're like, I think I'm going to join that church. Heck, by Wednesday, you're done with that thought. <laughs> I really like that. I really like that. <laughs> That's the way Lindsay was. Ten years later, she finally, you know, like that. <laughs> I'm sure there were times Lindsay left cussing me. I'm, I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. Oh my God. 
But you know, God's, God's not trying to knock us down. He's trying to elevate us. You know what he's trying to tell you? There's a better way. My ways are better than your ways. My thoughts are better than your thoughts. I can see you through the, you know what? He loves you and he loves you in the condition that you are. If you, if, I wish I had Shelby in here again. I'd have her testify. I sure don't want to embarrass her by telling, telling, but you know what? That was the, when Shelby first came to Winter's Church, I've told this, she probably wouldn't mind me telling. When she first came to Winter's Church, and I'll end with this. So you can tell the taco man to fire it up. <laughs> um, when Shelby first came to church here, <laughs> she's, I'd never met anybody like Shelby, man. Uh, she is such a great person. And I remember when I met her, uh, of course, she wasn't churchy at all. <laughs> uh, and that's what I loved about her. She was just, she was going to tell you straight up. I, I knew that uh, what you saw with Shelby is what you got. And so she came and she was really excited. She plugged in. She'd gone to Revival in Lawton, went back and forth to those meetings. God had really done something in her life. And then she started coming to Winter's Church and, and uh, then she, she dropped off and she was gone for maybe a month and a half. We didn't see her for at least a month and a half. And I thought, there's no freaking way I'm just going to not see Shelby ever again. You know, I, I don't typically try to reach out to people. I let people do whatever they, you know, want to do. But I went, I'm like, not her. I'm going to find out what's going on. So I called her up. She was working at the mall. And uh, I called her up and, and um, I said, can we go to lunch? She said, sure, you know, uh, when's your break time and whatever. So she met me at uh, P.F. Chang's and we're sitting at P.F. Chang's. We're trying to hurry because she doesn't have a whole lot of time. And I'm like, Shelby, <clears throat> I, miss, I miss you. I, you were doing so well and you were plugged in. I was so glad you were coming. And, and I said, um, what's, what's going on? Is everything okay? She said, and like she was up here, she says, well, pastor, um, she said, I'm just going to be real honest with you. <laughs> she said, I've, I've, she said, the reason I haven't been um, to church is I like to party. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> she said, uh, I feel bad. When I come to church and I've been out partying, she said, I, it doesn't make me feel good. She said, I love the Lord. And she says, I'm always glad when I come to church. But she said, the guilt that has to take place in, my, in me just to get there. And I was like, okay. I said, here's the deal, Shelby. And I kind of told her some of the things I told y'all this morning. I told her, here's the, the God, God's love never fails. You know, you know what the Bible says about God's love? It's patient. It's kind. It believes all. It hopes all. It endures all. Did I say it bears all? It, God's love will bear anything that it has to bear to see you through... <laughs> Boy, that's right. who, who was the, remember again who was the prophet that married the prostitute Hosea, Hosea. that was a picture of God in the church <laughs> oh, yeah. the prophet marries this prostitute she, she dresses up cleans up for a little while but then she goes back to her prostitute in ways but it was a picture of God in the church I said Shelby let me tell you something 
I said, if you're, if you're, if you're still, if you're, and I, I didn't know what she was doing. I, I, I was only speculating. This is not to say Shelby was on, you know, on anything crazy. But I said, here's the deal. It was just to tell her this. If, I said, if you, if, you, if you get high Sunday morning, because we had Sunday evening church. If you get high on a Sunday morning, then I want you to be at church on Sunday night. Even if you're high, if you're drunk on Sunday morning, right. I want you at church on Sunday, even if you're drunk. That's right. She's like, why? <laughs> I said, because the only way you're ever going to escape that lifestyle is by being in the presence of God. Because right. oh, yeah. it's the only place you really discover That's right. that he loves you. Yeah. That he loved you before you ever... Before you ever decide you're going to change, he loves you. That's right. I said, Shelby, God loves you. Yeah. He's going to use you. That's right. She goes, I don't feel like it. I said, I know you don't. I said, thank God it's not about feeling. That's right. She's like, well, thank you, Pastor. I'll be there Sunday. And you know, she's been there every Sunday ever since. Thank you, Jesus. I thank God for that. Because right. Shelby's been a big-time blessing to me and a big-time blessing to this church. That's right. You can make it. You, you can do this. Don't let the difficulties that you're going through in your life keep you away from attempting to get in his presence and to experience the fire of revival. Listen, when you come, we're pretty laid back here this morning, but when you come here and, and we've got people laid out on the floor under the power of God, people are shouting and people are running and people are just beside themselves because the spirit of God has jumped, because we're that kind of church. I know it doesn't seem that way this morning, but we are that kind of church. Don't sit there and think, well, you know, they're so much different than I am. No, we're exactly the same. We're just getting in his presence for change. It's the only way change can happen. Amen. The only way change can happen. If you could do it yourself, the Bible would say, fix yourself and then come to me. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You don't have to find rest before you come. He'll give you rest. The longer you stay, the more rest you'll have. You want to be filled with life? Hang out with life. God is life. Amen. Amen. His love in your life will produce revival, will produce life. Amen. You get lost in his presence. I'm going to tell you right now, you'll come alive. I'm going to have Bailey get up testify here one day. Bailey has an incredible testimony. God's been doing incredible things with Bailey. Uh, God is a good God. He loves you. And he wants to do something incredible in your life. Amen. Do you receive this today? I know I only took one verse of scripture. Honestly, we got so far in it, I couldn't get out. So anyhow, um, let's receive our offering for this morning. If you you, uh, are uh, giving today, and I encourage you to do that, whether you're a a member or not, whether you're visiting with us or not, you know, it's always good. And I'm not trying to pull for an offering necessarily, but... um, but, you know, we open up the door for God to bless us in our finances when we give. And so there are several ways to give. You can text to give. You can send the keyword Winners Church to 77977. Um, it will give you promptings of, of how to give. Uh, there are several uh, tabs that you can choose from, different ways to give tithing and offerings. Uh, you can give there. If you're giving your offering, just click the offering tab. If it's a tithe, you say, what's a tithe? A tithe is a tenth. <laughs> <laughs> and some of us 
We, we know the word of God teaches that a tenth of all that we receive belongs to the Lord. And the reason why that is is not because God is demanding it. It's because he offers it, and we want him involved in our lives. So we want him involved in our finances. We tithe 10%. We want God involved. In, I want God involved in my money. The minute God got involved in my money, everything got good. Now, some of you might be struggling financially. I, talked, I think I talked to the men about this. Some of you might be struggling financially. Uh, as, as a men's group, as we were talking about it, I was like, I want you all to think about, though, where you were at financially 10 years ago. <laughs> Only reason you're struggling now is because God advanced you from where you were at, and you're breaking new ground. God's taking you farther, and okay. that's what will happen is God will just keep taking you farther. He'll keep taking you higher. So uh, if you have a tithe, if you're giving cash, of course, give it. Amen. Uh, there's an envelope in the back of the chair. You could put your name. If you're giving a check, uh, make your check to Winner's Church. Every dime that you give uh, goes right straight into the church and the work that we're doing. Here in the next several months, we're going to begin to do outreaches in this area. Uh, we're going to give, uh, preach the good news, preach the gospel uh, uh, in uh, this neighborhood back here at the, uh, uh, what's it called, Riverbend? River, Riverbend uh, Apartments there. Uh, <clears throat> there's lots of stuff that we get going here in these summer months, so we're super pumped about it. Also, we have a great time in the month of May around Memorial Day. If you've never been a part of it, we go to Guthrie to the airplane hangar. Uh, I tried it. I've tried a couple. One year, we gave rides in, air, in the airplane. This year, we're going to try again. Um, last year, it was a little too warm and a little too windy I just thought people would puke up their tacos, so we didn't, uh, we didn't do it, but, um, but we are having that again. I do intend on uh, giving the kids airplane rides if they, if they want to. Man, it's a great time. You ought to make plans now to join us. I, I don't remember what day it is. Uh, the 27th of May, it's going to be good. Amen. Uh, and we always have carne asada tacos. We have elotes. We, it, we started it as a Cinco de Mayo thing. Then uh, May the 4th, you know, uh, we got some Star Wars geeks around here. So we started having May the 4th be with you day. <laughs> we put Star Wars movies on into Star Wars. Day, and we, did, we did all that. And then, you know, we kind of made it a Memorial Day thing. And it's just kind of been everything. It just depends on when we do it. So since it's closer to Memorial Day, it'll be a Memorial Day thing uh, this year. But uh, it'll be great fun. It'll be awesome. Uh, to experience. All right, are y'all ready to sow? You ready to give? Father, thank you for the ability that you've given us to give to you. God, I pray your blessings upon uh, each offering uh, that's being given here, each tithe. Bless your people for their obedience to you. We thank you, Father, for the privilege that we have to participate in the economy of heaven as we sow and as we give. In Jesus' name, Lord, may all glory and all honor and all praise forever belong to you. Amen. Amen. All right. If you have a, a, an offering to bring, you can bring it and put it in the basket. If you have a visitor's card that you need to bring, you can put it in the basket as well. And um, I just want to take a moment and offer some prayer since we have just a, we have a little bit of time here before we're going to start serving, um, serving lunch. Um, today, if you're here, maybe you're here today and you, uh, at one time, you lived your life for Jesus you had a commitment uh, that you had made to the Lord and you went through a life change. 
The Lord really, he touched you and he changed your life. But since that first time that you accepted the Lord, you've kind of drifted off and you've drifted away from your walk with God. Maybe, maybe all you did was attend church. You know, some people think that because they attend church, everything's good. Do you know God doesn't just take and, and uh, <laughs> I know when we were kids, we'd go to Sunday school and they'd put a star next to our name when we were at church. You know, God's not putting your, a star next to your name when you attend church and saying, yeah, you win enough. You're actually not going to stand at a pearly gate while Peter looks through a book to see whether you get in or not, whether you cut the mustard. That's not how, that, that's, not how that's going to work. <laughs> we, don't credit, we don't get credit just for showing up. So some of us, all we've ever done is go to church. And we thought going to church was good enough. But then some of us, we made a commitment to the Lord. We, sur we surrendered our heart to Jesus. And there was, there was something that happened in our lives. There was a change. There was a transformation. But then maybe you drifted off of that. You've gotten away from that life change. Now, some people, they call it backsliding. <laughs> I think it's probably appropriate because that's kind of what it feels like. It feels like you're going backwards instead of forwards. But really all it means is you've gotten away from the first commitment you made to Jesus. And today, this morning, some of us, that's where we're at. Today, we need to renew our vows to the Lord. Some of you sitting here, and you know that's, that's the direction and the next step that you need to take in life is rededicate yourself to the Lord. Maybe some of you have never accepted him. I know some of you have never accepted him that are in this building today because I've heard some of the things come out of your mouth. You can always tell when someone has, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you can tell what's in someone's heart just by listening to what comes out of their, out of their mouths. But if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your savior, or if you're here today and you've gotten away from your first commitment to the Lord, if you've gotten away from that first love that you have for the Lord. Yeah, we probably need to lock that door in the future. Anyway. <laughs> then today, I want you to take a step and come forward today and let me pray for you. You know, some churches, people have you bow your head, close your eyes, and lift a hand. But I'm, 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 I'm of the mind that when we make a commitment to the Lord, when we make a commitment to Jesus, that we do it openly, okay. that we do it with boldness. That we really make a declaration. You know why? When we, when we do it that way, it leaves room for us to be able to be accountable. For people to say, they made a commitment. If they need help, I'm going to help them through that commitment that they made. And so today, if you're here and you need to surrender your heart to the Lordship of Jesus, whether you're, whether you've, whether you're never accepted the Lord or you are in a, a place where you've gotten away from your first commitment, your first love for God. Today's your day. Today's your day. So if I'm talking to you, I just want you to get out of your chair. I want you to come. I want, to, I want an opportunity to pray with you. And we're going to give everyone an opportunity to receive prayer today. But if you're here today and you need to recommit yourself to the Lord or you need to give your heart to Jesus, I want you to come. I want to pray with you. Is there anybody?
Listen, you don't have to be intimidated or afraid. <clears throat> but I, I, do, I just want to give you the, the, the opportunity. Some people are like, why are you so pushy? No, I'm a pusher. I used to be a used to be a dope pusher. Now I'm a hope pusher. <laughs> I wasn't really a dope pusher, but anyway, that's other people in this room. But praise God. <laughs> Glad you came. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else that would say, you know what, Pastor? I need to pray. I need to I need to recommit myself to the Lord. Listen, I know you're here. I'm going to give you a chance because I know the Spirit of God is working. Is there anyone else that would come? <laughs> Listen, I'm with you. I don't want to give up my old life either. You know, some people say, I'm not ready. None of us were. You're not ready. You never will be ready. But when you invite him in, it gives you a chance. It gives you a chance to work it out. To work through it. You know, we don't expect little babies, little children to be able to do everything when they first start out. God doesn't expect you to be able to do everything when you first start out either. I know some of you grown adults, but when you're a baby Christian, when you're first getting into the things of God, it's tough going. You need other people to pull your finger away from sockets that they, they, they know you're going to get electrocuted. <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's the joy and the hope that we have. That's why we have uh, places like this. That's why we're here at Winter's Church. We want to help you through your walk with God. Is there anyone else? Everyone stand up all over the place. We're going to pray. Maybe, maybe take and just where you're at, turn to the person, turn to the people around you. Ask them. Do you, do you need to be up there? If you need to go, I'll go with you. If you need to go, I'll go with you. Amen. Yeah, if you need to go, I'll go with you. Do you need to go? I'll go with you. I'll stand with you. It'll be okay. Thank God. Amen. Listen, let's pray. Let's pray together then. Come over here instead. Y'all come over here. I'm gonna have you. I'm gonna have y'all pray together. This, this is your family here. They all came. <clears throat> Thank God. Well, we're gonna pray together, and as we pray, we're gonna pray out of that place where the Spirit of God is touched. You know, you you can you can always you can always count on God helping. When you've responded based on something that you've known in your heart. It's, it's so uncommon for people to have the Spirit of God pierce them with conviction. And draw them into His presence in the way that He's drawn you today. You know, if you're here today and you're under conviction, if God's Spirit has come upon you, 
you're in a very unique situation. That's uncommon. There are a lot of people who've never had that happen to them. But you know what else it says? It says, you're not going to leave here the same. Because he brought you here. You're not going to leave here. You may have done this a hundred times. Today, something's going to happen that's going to change your life forever. And so I want you all to pray this prayer with me. I want us all to pray it together along with them. Let's say it out loud. Let's pray it from that place in our hearts where God has touched us. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I come to you now, and I surrender my life to you. Forgive me, Lord, of every one of my sins. Wash me in your blood and come into my life. I commit myself 100% to you. I can't do it without you. I need you today. I need you to do something in me today that will bring about change and transformation. Your word talks about it. Your word says that we become new creatures. Old things pass away and everything becomes new. So today, I step out of the old and into the new. I confess, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. You died for me. And I accept that today. Fill me full of your Holy Spirit so I can live in victory from today forward. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for filling me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank God, amen. Praise God. Give the Lord a a great big shout of praise. Amen. Now, Father, I thank you for this family. Lord, I pray that your spirit would come upon them in a greater measure today. Lord, fill them to overflowing from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet in Jesus' name. God, may they leave this altar transformed and changed by your power, Lord, for your glory in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that today, they're moving forward in the name of Jesus. They're not going back. They're moving ahead. Today, their past is over. Today in you, all things are made new. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for it, Father. Amen. Thank God. Amen. Listen, someone come and welcome this family into into the family of God. Come on. Come and welcome them into the family of God. Praise God. We're so glad that you made a decision today. Praise God. You all want prayer today? I'm going to pray for you. Listen, if you need prayer for anything, if you're sick in your body, if you're in need of a healing, if you're in need of a financial miracle, if you're in need of any kind of touch from God, I want you to come. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to lay my hands on you. Don't leave. We're having the tacos. Don't leave. We're going to have that in just a moment. We're going to set things up. Um, They're probably back there making them right now. But if you need prayer, come over here and I'll pray for you. Uh, I know lots of people battling sickness 
battling uh, physical troubles. Uh, some of you may be battling in other areas of your life. But if you'll come line up, I'll pray for you. Father, thank you. I thank you for these that are here. Lord, I give you glory. I give you honor. God, I pray for these children. Lord, I set them in your hands now in the name of Jesus. Father, may your glory, may the glory of your presence fill their being. And may they leave here today, God, with a renewed sense of your presence and of your closeness. God, of you watching over them to see them through, God, to see them uh, to the completion, God, of what you've created them for. And so, Lord, I thank you that you're touching them uh, by your spirit in the name of Jesus. Lord, touch Gil. I loose the fire of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your presence fall mightily. I thank you, Lord. Let the Holy Ghost saturate today. Whatever the need, God, whatever it is they desire today. Lord, I loose your spirit. I loose your presence right now. And I thank you, Father, that there's nothing that is keeping them, Lord, from the greater measure of your blessing in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for Anna. Touch today. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost saturate her today. In the name of Jesus. Lord, touch today. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost saturate her today from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. I loose her today, God. Of every bondage, of every struggle, of every trouble, of every difficulty. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that every lie that the devil has tried to tell, that your truth is invading and neutralizing every lie, every curse that has been declared and spoken, not only by others, but even out of her own mouth. We speak death to every curse in Jesus' name. And we speak life to every word of blessing and every word, God, that you've declared over her in Jesus' name. I thank you for it, Father, in the name of Jesus. I'm going to make a declaration over you. I declare that you're not going to go the way of those that came before you. I declare that you're not going to walk the path of difficulty and of trouble and of bondage like those that came ahead of you. I declare in the name of Jesus that you're going to find his way and that you're going to walk in his way and the freedom that you're going to walk in is going to be like you've never seen and never had before. In Jesus' name. I declare it right now. I don't care what the devil has said. I don't care what... I don't care what anybody, uh, anybody on this planet has ever said to the contrary. I declare that God's word over you is true and that God will watch over his word to perform everything that he said he would do for you in the name of Jesus. So I loose it to you now and I thank God for it. Lord, I thank you that you're building upon what you've already established in Eli. I thank you, Father that today he's going higher in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that you're filling him to a, a greater measure today with your spirit in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that the work that you've begun in him, uh, you're going to be faithful to complete it in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that this is only the beginning. I thank you, Father, that he's not seen the best yet. But I thank you, Lord, that the best is yet to come. That the greater God will be delivered to him in this hour in Jesus' name. I release it to him. I thank you for it, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, touch. 
Lenemosa bangar borresea, dure begere briete, ora sobongele de diangene machia, ora sondono morobose, haradriece, full of massa for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, Lord, touch my sister. I loose your spirit upon her in the name of Jesus. God, everything that she has need of, I declare release now for your glory. In Jesus' name, let the fire of the Holy Ghost touch and saturate and fill to overflowing in the name of Jesus. Lord, touch Lynn. I thank you, Father, for wisdom. I thank you, Lord, for strength. I thank you, Lord, today that you're uh, uh, giving her a greater measure of understanding and insight. Lord, that she's seeing beyond uh, where she's been capable of seeing, Lord, in the past. I thank you, Father, that the veil is being lifted uh, from areas that she's not been given a glimpse into. I thank you, Lord, that uh, things are becoming more clear to her now than they have been in days uh, gone by. Lord, I thank you that she's going to find peace and contentment in the revelation and in the insight that you bring. I thank you, God that she's going to be strengthened by the power and the strength of your might and her inner man, that she's going to be fortified to do for you, uh, Lord, exactly what it is that she needs to do. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you're helping her to help others, that you're filling her mouth with things that they need to hear. A God, that you are, uh, that you are giving her uh, your wisdom and your insight. Uh, to put an end to the foolishness that the devil would try to bring in the lives of others. Lord, I thank you that the havoc that the enemy has wreaked in, in some people's lives, that havoc, that storm is going to be calmed by the words and by the commands that come out of your daughter's mouth. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that you're using her today. Thank you, Father, for Jasmine. Lord, let your hand rest mightily upon her. Fill her to overflowing in Jesus' name. Touch today. Lord, I, I declare release in the name of Jesus. Fire for the glory of God in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for fire, for Seth, for Melody. In Jesus' name. I declare release in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that today they're stepping over into a higher place. Lord, that you're calling them up to a higher realm. A Zion is calling them to a higher place today in the name of Jesus. God, we know it's only by your spirit. It's not by our strength or by our might. And so, Lord, I loose that upon them today in Jesus' name. Lord, touch Ayla today. Touch Bailey, God. Let your bone get it. I loose the fire of your spirit in the name of Jesus upon the both of them. God, may they leave here saturated and filled today. May they have a hearing ear, a seeing eye in the name of Jesus. May they be content, Lord, to do exactly what it is that you desire for them to do. And Lord, may they be joyful in their ability to be able to persuade others uh, to, to serve you and to follow you all the days of their life. I thank you, God, that the greatest days of contentment are ahead of them. Lord, that the, 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 the greater days are, are yet to come, uh, that the hardest days are behind and the better days are ahead. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, they're climbing higher. Lord, thank you for Daniel. God, I pray that you'll touch him today. Lord, fill him to overflowing with your spirit. Lord, I thank you that you're going to give him wisdom, that you're going to guide him, God. You're going to, you're going to lead him in uh, times, God, 
that he, that he doesn't know what to do. Lord, I thank you that when he doesn't know, you know exactly what to do. And God, even if he's still, you're not still. Lord, even when he is still, Lord, you are moving and you are working on his behalf. Lord, that's your word to us. Lord, you said that you would go before us, that if we held our peace, that you would fight our battles for us. And so, Lord, I thank you that you're giving Daniel rest, that you're giving him peace. God, that he is so mangala jadaya, that when the time comes that he needs to move and he needs direction and he needs marching orders, that he's going to hear those orders clearly, that he's going to follow your instruction fully, and that God, he's going to do exactly what it is that you desire for him to do. But I declare that the spirit of heaviness that has been upon him is going to be removed off of him and off of his entire house, that you're going to put upon him and upon his children a garment of praise that the spirit of heaviness is going to be broken in the name of Jesus and that there'll be a season of rejoicing, Lord, of, 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 uh, of worship and of praise unto you because because you've gone ahead of him, God, to fight his battles in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that your wisdom abounds toward him in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God. Thank God, my brother. Amen. Thank God. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. Listen, I love you. I appreciate you. Let's pray over our lunch today. <laughs> hey, love for the Spirit of the Lord is on you. Amen. Amen. I, 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 was trying to, I was trying to get some favor where you wouldn't have to go to the bathroom so much, but the Lord's like, she's going to have to do that. It's just not a, there's not a workaround for that. So anyhow, <laughs> but we are praying that instead of growing more uh, uncomfortable, you're just going to continue to find more comfort in this pregnancy. And you know what I'm declaring? I'm declaring that they will have made a mistake by bringing you in you know, late at night on thinking on that way. I declare that when this, this baby's going to come and this baby's going to come smooth and fast. Here, here's what people told you. Oh, this first one, it's going to take a long time. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke that. Okay. Amen. Amen. And we, we declare this baby's coming and it's coming quick. When it happens, it's going to happen. They're going to be like, man. You sure this is your first kid? You know, but you're gonna be like, Amen. Yes, yes, hey, I serve a good God. Okay. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God. Thank God. So I lose that to her in the name of Jesus. All right, let's pray over the food. I got distracted with pregnancy, but let's pray over the food. Father, we thank you. We pray, Lord, that your uh, blessing will be upon the food, upon our fellowship. God, let us let us have the greatest fellowship here today we've ever had. And uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, uh, you'll bless the hands that are preparing this meal for us. God, uh, we're so grateful for the opportunity that we have to just share and to have fellowship with our brothers and our sisters today. So God, let your hand rest on each of us. We thank you, God, for the blessing that this food is to us. In Jesus' name, everybody believe to said amen. Amen. All right, if some of you men could help bring in some of the tables. I don't know, if, uh, Debbie, you need help? All right, uh, if we can get just a, a little bit of help from some of the men uh, of the church here, we'll get this... Okay, we're going to use these chairs on this side. So uh, we'll get this done lickety-split, and uh, we can start. In fact, some of you can start forming a line now, probably 
uh, for the tacos if you like. Uh, those of you that aren't, that aren't helping uh, to set up. All right, good. Yeah, they're ready. So let's get this flipped up.